this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the hindu's in focus podcast with me amit barua your host for this episode it's a debate that refuses to go away after prime minister narendra modi lit into the culture of government freebies or revadi as he called it in hindi the matter has now gone to the supreme court what is the difference between freebies and welfare in a poor country like india isn't state intervention for say scholarships for students not in the public interest who decides what is a freebie and what is welfare can a court of law do it or should it be in the domain of individual governments and local bodies to discuss these issues i am joined by anjali bhardwaj a delhi based activist who works on issues of transparency and accountability welcome to the hindus in focus podcast anjali thank you thank you amit anjali uh, my first question to you what do you make of this entire debate well amit first of all the big question here is what are freebies or like you mentioned what the prime minister referred to as revadis which are small sweets basically which he claims are being distributed and which is setting a dangerous culture we know that in our country uh, typically historically during elections there have been several promises that have been made to lure citizens to vote for political parties now there is a very clear understanding among citizens as well especially those who live at the margins the poorest that in many senses their vote is the ultimate currency for them to participate in public policy making because they know that that is one time when political parties are open to hearing their demands and responding to what their felt needs are so very often we see that uh, political parties uh, make these promises and uh, which which people respond to by voting for them now i don't see what is fundamentally wrong with this because this is a perfectly legitimate democratic pressure that is built by the electorate in many cases whether one looks at you know the food security law that came into the country the employment guarantee law that came in the right to information law uh, that came in a lot of these actually are a result of strong public pressure that was exerted by people and gov- uh, political parties recognizing it and promising these measures at the time of elections and people voting for them so you know this distribution of revadis or freebies what is it that can be called freebies if we look at the supreme court petition and the matter that is being discussed in the court one alarming thing is that it's very vague there is no definition of a freebie in the past when matters like these have been agitated in the courts it's been very specific it's been about a laptop or a color tv or something but here we are talking in general terms the court is talking about irrational freebies now this is problematic because uh, what is a freebie that is promised that people respond to is really very much a matter of value judgment and to my mind it is a domain which is best left to political parties 
what really should be put in place is a system of public scrutiny, is a system of ensuring that there is transparency in what is happening. And finally, people are able to hold political parties accountable. Uh, and Anjali, one thing which I just like to clarify with you before we push ahead. You know, we've seen instances where political parties actually, you know, say distribute saris or dhotis before election. Now, that is different from promising something in your manifesto. Would that be correct? Absolutely. Because what we are saying here, the difference is that if somebody is distributing uh, something before elections, a political party, that is at the expense of the political party. Whereas if there is something that is being promised in the manifesto, it's quite clear that if that party comes to power, then government public money will be spent on fulfilling uh, those promises. And uh, here, I think that it's really important to also question the term freebies, because finally, whatever governments, uh, political parties who finally form governments when they come to power, what they are giving is paid for by the public exchequer. So we know that the poorest person in the country pays taxes, indirect taxes, anything that people might buy from medicines uh, to milk, even dahi. Now there is GST, there are indirect taxes that people are paying. So really, is it free? Because finally, it is about prioritizing expenditure. And it is about saying that public money is going to be used to subsidize certain things or to provide certain commodities. Would you say, Anjali, that uh, in a sense, this debate is a healthy one because at least the issues have been brought out and it looks like all political parties have joined the fray. So what is your sense? I mean, if, if there is at the end of the day some clarity on what a freebie is, you know, without necessarily having a court of law decided, would you say that's healthy for a democracy? Well, I think uh, in a democracy, it's, you know, uh, people's agency. Voters have a right to respond to what political parties are promising. They have a right to exert pressure on political parties to set the discourse. And this is really one opportunity for people to also decide and prioritize how public funds need to be spent. I mean, you know, debating these issues, of course, is welcome. There is absolutely no problem. But I think the problem is where we see that there is a, a perhaps an urge to, uh, to say that this needs experts. You know, in the Supreme Court, we heard that the court arguing that there is perhaps need for an expert committee to decide what freebies can be promised what are irrational freebies and so on. Now, that is very dangerous and which can really be a problem, especially for the marginalized and the poor in the country, because we know how typically technocrats, experts uh, have responded to even schemes like the laws like Manrega or, uh, or the National Food Security Act. I mean, we heard them uh, really worry about how it would bleed the uh, country's coffers dry. So, uh, 
um, you know, there is an inherent bias. And uh, I feel that that would be very problematic if we if we take all of this and somehow, you know, leave it to uh, any set of experts. It's This is something that should be decided by people, priorities that ought to be decided by people. I'll just give you an example. We've gone through the pandemic. You know, we know the kind of inflation there is in the country. How mustard oil today, which most people use as edible oil, has crossed 200 rupees a liter. The LPG gas cylinder has crossed 1,000 rupees. Essential commodities are costing so much. Uh, We also know the alarming levels of unemployment in the country. So in a situation like this, if people want certain things to be provided to them, whether it is rations, it is, uh, you know, nutritious midday meals for their children, or it is social security programs, some kind of cash transfers. I think that this is best left to people to decide and for political parties to respond. And certainly not the domain of experts or technocrats. But it looks like, uh, Julie, that uh, this matter is now before the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court also has a view on this. Do you think that's something which is healthy for our democracy? I mean, should the uh, should a court of law be getting into what seems to be, uh, you know, the domain of uh, a state government, the central government or even local bodies for that matter? Well, Amit, you know, this is not the first time, even in uh, Subramanian Balaji uh, matter, the court had uh, looked into some of these things. Uh, In fact, uh, on the question of who decides, the court was quite clear in 2013. It said judicial interference is permissible when the action of the government is unconstitutional and not when such actions are not wise or the extent of expenditure is for the good of the state, etc., And the court had held at that time that they were of the view that such questions should be debated and decided in legislature, not in the court. In fact, after that, the court had asked the election commission to frame certain guidelines. And uh, the guidelines are now annexed to the model code of conduct. And they're quite clear. And I think that they should provide a direction to how this matter, which is currently in the court, the, the kind of direction it should take, because the guidelines say that manifestos cannot contain anything repugnant to the ideas and principles of the Constitution. They say that no objection may be taken to the promise of welfare schemes, promises which contravene the purity of the election process should be avoided. And finally, the guidelines say that manifestos should reflect the rationale of welfare promises and indicate the manner in which they will be financed. But anything beyond this, to my mind, would be judicial overreach and would be a big problem because in a democracy like I mentioned, you know, it is completely between political parties and citizens the promises that are made. And uh, I think, uh, you know, what is, uh, like I mentioned, very concerning is if the court uh, ends up saying that some experts will decide what are the kind of freebies that are rational, that can be uh, promised in an election and what can't be. What the court's to my mind, ought to be doing is really laying down a framework by which nothing uh, which is unconstitutional is allowed and essentially saying that, uh, you know, 
in a manifesto when political parties promise something they have to indicate how they intend to finance their proposals but anything beyond that would perhaps be judicial overreach and should be avoided by the courts anjali even political parties have uh, you know uh, spoken on these lines with the dmk going and filing a petition in the supreme court saying the court cannot have a restrictive view on uh, the issue what's your sense of this response i agree with this response because you know then that would be judicial overreach if the courts sort of start deciding what uh, what political parties can or cannot offer to the electorate i mean of course like i said unless it's something unconstitutional or illegal and if there is something of that nature it can always be challenged you know if something is violative of our fundamental rights or is violative of any laws uh, it can always be challenged if there is any arbitrariness it violates article 14 but for courts to come in and restrict would be a problem i think uh, here i would also like to say amit that one of the issues that is being repeatedly brought up is the fiscal drain you know there is there seems to be some sort of worry that you know the economy will suffer and uh, you know that seems to be a concern as well now i think that uh, this is something that is also being referred to by the prime minister when he makes these statements of how dangerous the culture of uh, distributing revenues etc can be now this is again something which is being looked at from a very biased point of view you know this this fear of fiscal exigency somehow is restricted to uh, always we've seen typically restricted to when governments or when political parties are talking about forming governments and fulfilling their constitutional obligations you know typically we've seen that uh, uh, you know what is referred to in uh, mocking terms or derogatory terms or referred to as revenues that are distributed is you know food security or employment guarantee and schemes and uh, policies like that i mean you know we remember very clearly how the prime minister on the floor of the house in fact mocked the mahatma gandhi narega scheme and said that he will keep it alive as a living monument of the failures of the previous government and uh, you know this kind of uh, mindset really uh, leads to very very blind policy making also we we know how the harshest lockdown was imposed during covid in our country and at a very short notice of 4 hours and the prime minister coming on the screen and telling everybody not to worry because he said that the neighborhood shops will remain open for people to buy essential goods etc not realizing that so many people in our country millions don't have an option don't have the money to go out and buy things unless they go out and earn wages for a day so um, you know it uh, the government was again uh, seemed absolutely clueless and shocked when millions of people uh, migrant workers started uh, walking on the streets and taking the arduous journey back to their uh, hometowns and villages because uh, you know there is this complete lack of understanding and this bias with which many of these things are approached and laws policies which uh, which guarantee 
people basic rights, uh, constitutional guarantees are looked at. So I think that it would be very dangerous if uh, the court uh, sort of falls into this trap as well. And uh, I'm also always very surprised how uh, while talking about fiscal drain, one uh, completely ignores. I wish that when the Prime Minister is talking about uh, Ravuri culture, they would also refer to the 10 lakh crore rupees that have been written off in loans uh, by the scheduled banks. Um, you know, are those not freebies? Are those not uh, affecting the fiscal health of the country? So, uh, to my mind, uh, you know, uh, this, de- this debate, it's it's very good that there is a debate happening, but it we must be very careful of the contours of this debate. We have to, after all, understand that, you know, tax exemptions, including taxes, uh, incentives for corporate taxpayers, uh, you know, we end up with revenue foregone of about 5 lakh crore rupees every year, according to estimates. So, um, you know, one cannot just worry about, you know, small welfare packets that are given out, you know, and promised during elections and and focus on those. So what's your sense? I mean, I mean, that shouldn't be a license to governments, uh, you know, to spend money which they don't have. And obviously, there's an element of politics also involved in it because, uh, uh, you know, the Delhi Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal, who perhaps, uh, you know, has led the sort of path in giving free power and free health care. It's possible that uh, some of these comments that have emanated from the Prime Minister may be directed at his so-called Delhi model. Well, it could very well be. And I think, Amit, that, like I said to you, that uh, there should be uh, accountability of political parties. What what one would expect from the institution of the Supreme Court is to make sure that citizens are empowered. Uh, you know, in, in our democracy, citizens are empowered to engage meaningfully, to demand what they feel they require. You know, political parties must be made to work in a transparent framework and must be held to account. So, yes, like I mentioned, the guidelines that have uh, been brought in uh, as annexures to the model code of conduct by the Election Commission must be implemented where whenever there is a proposal that is made by a political party, you know, there must be uh, a a system to explain how they intend to uh, finance it. And also, I think that the Supreme Court uh, would do well to perhaps spend their precious time in looking at some of the very, very pressing things that are there in the courts. You know, for example, things that would fix accountability of political parties. We have a situation where the Central Information Commission in the country has asked political parties to come clean, be transparent and be treated as public authorities under the Right to Information Act. Unfortunately, the the political parties are totally in violation of the CIC's orders. They are not giving any information to people about their working, about their funding. And the matter is in the Supreme Court. It's unfortunately not being heard. 
again the matter on electoral bonds you know the very important thing here that we need to understand is that when we talk about freebies and this whole problem of uh, you know and and we are worried about uh, fiscal uh, deficit etc we also need to see that how is a culture of quid pro quo uh, sort of happening in our country at a very large level you know rebadies are small sweets that the prime minister is referring to But But here, when we know that political parties are funded by large corporates or capitalists, then in that case, they are likely to work for them once they come to power. And it's not just small raveries that are given away. Uh, you know, when we talk about large loans that are being they're allowed to get away with, uh, you know, and other kinds of public policy that is framed to uh, ask Vitroko for the funds that are received. It's very important to infuse transparency in that. We've been saying that electoral bonds which allow uh, for unlimited anonymous funding to political parties that then go on to form governments are very dangerous because because that really set the culture for public money uh, to be spent in an irresponsible way which is not in keeping with the principles of a welfare state so the supreme court unfortunately the electoral bonds case has been languishing for many years i would say that it would be very useful for the supreme court to take that up on an immediate basis and finally you know who are these people whose big loans are uh, being waived off uh, you know in the parliament the government has said that because of non performing assets there are uh, these uh, people whose loans of 10 lakh crores have been waived off you know people have a right to know uh, polit- uh, political parties that are forming the government who are you know giving away uh, public money uh, in this manner uh, should be uh, obligated to let people know who the beneficiaries of these uh, things are and uh, in fact there is a supreme court order which says that the identities of these people uh, should be put in the public domain unfortunately there is non compliance with that uh, supreme court judgment and which the supreme court should be taking very strong notice of so i feel that uh, you know it it would be important for the supreme court also to not get into something where judicial intervention is not required and instead focus on creating a framework an environment where political parties are held accountable where they have to be transparent where it can be seen how they intend to fund what they promise and they it's uh, their motivations and how they are working can be uh, understood by the people and they can be held accountable by them well it's a l- large debate uh, that we've gotten into anjali bhardwaj for today we'll have to leave this for this episode we'll have to leave it here thank you so much for joining the hindus uh, in focus podcast Thank you. Thank you, Amit. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.